2: Hello pod people and welcome back to Classic Ads from Simpler Times, where in this week's episode we're taking another look at a TV advert stolen lock, stock and barrel from the film festival circuit, this time in the United States. In this case, it's the Budweiser's Up commercial, and watching it feels like you're looking up an old friend who maybe hasn't moved on in quite the same way that you have. You got married, had a baby, got promoted, got divorced, and now your eldest has a drug habit – This ad, not so much. In Budweiser country, the boys are still watching a game, having a bud and shouting a catchphrase at each other that speaks to the universality of male bonding, because it's still 1999, where Tom Cunt is about to win a gold pencil at the One Awards, and Rod Hull is still falling off his roof with his hand up an emu's arse. I'm Steve Cook. My co-host is award-winning advertising creative and TV ad director Tony Williams. No, not that one. The other one. And you're listening to classic ads from Simpler Times, where you're about to be reminded of that shit party that you went to at the turn of the millennium. You know, the one where you got alcohol poisoning and didn't cop off that party. Stand by. Action. Oh, uh, welcome back, turns. Hello. The year is 1999. Again? It, yes,
3: actually, again. If I had a time machine, I'd go back to 1999.
2: What, so you can go to a party?
3: Yeah, probably go to sleep past midnight without falling asleep. Or I could watch a movie and still see the end credits. At
2: 1999, former Beatle George Harrison suffers minor stab wounds. Minor stab wounds? <laughs> How can you have minor stab wounds after being attacked by an intruder at his mansion in Oxfordshire? Harrison's attacker said that on a recent journey to the dentist, his wife had forced him to listen to a travelling Wilbury CD. <laughs> And he just snapped. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, do you remember the y Y2- 2 Have we talked about this before? The Y2K bug? Yes. yes the Millennium
3: bug? Yes, we have. The panic. That the never pan- came. Do you
2: remember the panic? The yeah, panic. Of course. Of course. We pa- all sat around waiting for the clock to tick down. And then nothing happened. Nothing happened. I-, I thought it was worth reminding ourselves that it is 1999 and this is the year that Rod Hull died. When he fell off his roof, adjusting his TV aerial. Deja vu. MySpace was launched. Did wow. you have a MySpace page? I don't think I had a
3: MySpace page. It wasn't Justin Timberlake involved in that? It was the guy from Napster. And I'm pretty sure Justin Timberlake was involved somehow. It was a young person's thing. Barbie celebrated her 40th birthday. Bluetooth was a plastic then.
2: And acclaimed TV commercial director Tom Contz <laughs> won a bronze pencil at the One Awards. For an ad for the MTV Movie Awards, oh. and the ad starred Samuel L. Jackson.
3: Anything we can get a gag out of there? Um, Don't think so. Anything? No. We Apart only... from Tom Cruise. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> Rod Hall's already dead. Y two K. No, nothing. It's not funny. Nineteen ninety nine wasn't funny. No, it wasn't. The original
2: "What's Up?" TV ad head in December of nineteen ninety
3: nine.
0: Hello,
1: hey, who? What's up? Hey. Nothing, B. Just watching the game, having a bud. So, but you? Nothing. Watching the game, having a bud. True. True. Hey, True. What's
2: that? Yeah. Yo, who's that? Yo, you picking the phone?
3: Hello. What's that? What's up? Yeah. Yo, where's Dookie? Yo, Dookie.
0: Yo. What's that? What's
2: that?
0: What's
3: that? the game What's a bud that? true True. You say the original. Has there been any remakes? Yep. Oh, okay. Which I'm
2: sure we're going to find out. No, we're not. Oh. I, I lost the will to live after I'm over, after Hovis. <laughs> Hovis remake. Just something died within me after the after I was forced to look at the Hovis remake. So this is a podcast about classic ads. We're not doing
3: classic ads redux. Oh, I didn't know we had guidelines. I see. So unless we're now guidelining creativity. Unless you've watched it. Have you watched it? What's that? The, <laughs> 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 so you? the updated version? No, let's deal with this one first. And here you'll insert. Sorry, here you'll insert the audio of the ad because it works very well with audio. Right, you just run it. What's that? Where? Where? I remember that.
2: Okay, the original WhatsApp uh, ad j- appeared in December 1999 during Monday Night Football in the USA. It wasn't a Super Bowl ad. It did become a Super Bowl ad. It's a bit weird. This so. It's a little bit like, you know, it's, well, what do we, when we spoke about Flat Eric, when we did the Levi's Flat Eric thing, mm-hmm. we talked about the appropriation of art by the advertising industry. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of a similar story in that the guy who directed the commercial was a bloke called Charles Stone III, and the commercial was based on a short film that he'd made mm. himself and, his, and several of his childhood friends. And... Um, They put it into some film festivals around the world and it became quite popular. And then somebody from DDB saw it at a film festival and thought it would be a really good idea to pitch the act to Budweiser. Mm. So there was no, there is obviously the agency creative director who was a guy called Vinnie Warren. There was an art director called Chuck Taylor and they sold the idea to Budweiser. But the pretty much lock, stock and barrel, it was the movie that, Charles Stone and his mates made. Mm. So it's not like there was a concept, and they pitched it. There was they went to the client and said, "Have a look at this. What do you think?" And the client went, oh,
3: "Okay." Well, I suppose. Oh, yeah. It is as you say. You mentioned flat is It's exactly the same thing, isn't it? Of um of tagging onto a bandwagon. Um, I don't know whether that um, was uh was um you know in the vernacular at time. probably in certain um, demographics, and they were just jumping on it, or were they introduced it to the um. The larger population. I don't know. So Charlie Stone the third says that was a. Yeah, you
2: can't say was a. Penny. You have I to can't. say was uh, <laughs> <laughs> He says that that was how they him himself and his friends spoke to each other, and then they turned it into this weird little movie that I can't find on the Tinder web anymore. Anyway. Right.
3: We probably took that off and selling it through um, Patreon or something. Yeah, but
2: Charlie Stone says that they him and his mates have been using that greeting for sixteen years since they were at, kind of at school together. Is that like sup dog? Have you
3: got sup dog? No. You know sup dog? No. What's sup dog? Nothing. What's up with you? <laughs> well, that was right. a hard work word, wasn't <laughs> it? So so, so, <laughs> so, what's, so, what's Okay. So I think it's great because it, um, it was a sort of weird joke. And it, and it had, um, you know, the middle-aged white woman going into the office saying, ah, yep. and everybody, you know, um, it coined a brilliant phrase, yeah. isn't it? But the problem is... When anything like that happens, it, it falls off the bandwagon very quickly and becomes very uncool very quickly. Does it not?
2: Yeah, but I suppose from an advertising point of view, it's great if it enters the vernacular and kind of carries on for years and years, but it doesn't; it only has to do it really realistically for a short period of time, doesn't mm. it? They carried on and made various versions. No, so I, mean, no, I don't remember one.
3: any of the other versions. Then again, you know, why would you? Because they're just extensions yeah. of the original I mean, idea. The one
2: that's, that um, comes to mind for me is they did a version with a bunch of elderly ladies. Mm. Exactly the same idea. Four or five mm. old people calling each other.
3: But that, that, that could just be a comedy waaah, skit on you know, each other. Yeah, that could be on Saturday Night Live, for all yeah. It does nothing for the brand, does it? Um, but as I say, when you you know when you get the printed T-shirt, it says was a and people yeah. have it across the back of their bumper. You're on a very um, trying a very fine line between it being corny and um, naff, and yeah, you know, edgy and relevant. And I think it passed that point quite quickly where people, if you did it, you were sort of seeing, so, oh, my God, so last year. Um, I know there's a, a radio DJ in the UK, which is your know, dream to bring it back. But even today, when I hear him do it, I think, oh, no, you know, it's like you're not there. It's um, it's still uh, still a bit um, too soon for me.
2: But anyhow. No, I feel you. I think it's one of those things that if you use it today, it
3: identifies you as a person who, who put in, skateboards and BMXs in ads. Yeah. In, in
0: 1999.
3: Yeah. I'm not really your father. I'm your friend.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he's one of those. Isn't he? So Charles Stone and his mates were so embedded in this idea that DDB got them, they got Charles to direct the ad, and then they looked at 80 possible actors to replace his mates. Well, his mates must have
3: been either dealers or very ugly.
2: Well, so they looked at 80 possible actors... To replace his mates in the original movie, and couldn't find anybody, and went with the same with his friends who appeared in the in the film, with the exception of Dookie. This these are it does have very flatteric connotations, doesn't it? Yeah, there wasn't a brief. Nobody sat around, sat down and said, "How oh, are we going to bring this brief to life?" There was obviously a brief kicking around in the agency, and somebody leapt on mm.
3: an idea. That's what it is. I think it's an idea and a piece of art. I don't, I don't think it's a pretty good commercial. What do you think the brand was what, – what do you think they were trying to do with the brand? Oh, they're just trying to um, place it within a demographic, aren't they? They're trying yeah. to make it relevant to that, that certain key group by thrusting it in their hand yeah. and um, hammering a logo onto the end of it. You know, it could have been an ad for really anything. It could have been for Mountain Dew. It could have been for, I don't know, Mylanta stomach medicine. It could have been for anything. As long as they're using it and they mentioned it once – it would work as a, a piece of are yeah, right.
2: It would work for anything where male bonding would be a good... Oh, thanks for that. Who, who is it, Tom?
3: Who's I hung it up, sorry.
2: Budweiser were working on a theory that brand loyalties are unformed Right at the age, at the age of around 21 to 27, so they wanted... To to try and get themselves, as you said, mm. to get, um, get a bottle as, of yeah. Budweiser in somebody's hand. It's interesting how everybody associates with this ad with the Super Bowl. It did actually run in the Super Bowl. And then, and which led, sorry, while I was researching this, it led me off into a little um, Super Bowl Budweiser cul-de-sac. So every year, Anne heusser Bush. Anheuser-Busch, yeah. Anheuser-Busch, I didn't know how to pronounce it, but obviously the parent brand buys five minutes of advertising time during the Super Bowl, Which is the most expensive media in the world, is yeah, it not? so it's 10 30-second ads, and a 30-second ad, the last... Um, five mil? Five million dollars. Wow, that's a good guess. Roughly, mm. yeah. So they're $50 million. Mm. They just lock it away every year, and then they produce 30 to 40 ads and put them all into research mm. and decide... Which of the top 10 is going to appear in a Super Bowl slot?
3: Yeah, it's got to be pretty edgy, isn't it, for the Super Bowl?
2: Uh, not particularly edgy. I think it's got to have a certain amount of cut through, isn't it? Yeah. Or it's got to have high production values or somebody's famous has got to be in it. This ad, when they put it into research, it didn't test very well. It tested quite well with 21 to 25s, but anybody over the age of 25 didn't get it and didn't understand it. Well, Good. So, as far as I can understand, they didn't run that ad during the Super Bowl. They ran a different ad with one of the WhatsApp guys trying to cover up the fact that he was watching figure skating with his girlfriend. It's all a bit
3: hazy. Hmm. I don't remember that.
0: Triple Lux, triple Cow. <laughs> wow, he really nailed that landing. Yo. Oh, yeah. What's What y'all doing? Just watching the game, having a bud.
1: What's with you? Watching the game, having a bud.
0: An unbelievable-
1: yes!
3: What game are you watching?
1: Yes! It doesn't get more magical than this.
2: They did run the ad on normal TV, and it took about four months before it went viral. Saturday Night Live picked it up and did a parody. Oh, yeah. And after that, it went ballistic. Huh. So it didn't do what it was supposed right. to do originally. I didn't know that. And, yeah, and they um, they were ready to let it drop, and then it went absolutely mental. And the director, Charles Stone, his anecdote is that his parents were Irish, and he was living in Chicago, and he went to Ireland to visit some relatives, and he was coming, um, he was in Galway, and he was walking through Galway at kicking out time, at the pubs, and he said the streets were full of pissed Irish blokes all shouting at <laughs> each other. And he said that's when he knew that they had a hit on the hands because really? the ad had never aired in Ireland. Okay, so you're the creative director. What is it
3: about this ad that connects with people? Oh, not, your all people not all people, of course. What connects with the market is it's completely irreverent. It is nonsensical. It has that magic ingredient or magic ingredient of creating a catchphrase without even realizing it without the viewer realising it, because as soon as you watched it, the next thing you want to say is, what's that, right? As we have probably 50 times already. <laughs> and been it. So, it gets so really annoying after it. a while. It what? It
2: gets really annoying. Yeah, of
3: course it does. I mean, it gets really annoying. Probably on the second watch that I had, there's one that goes on quite a long time, and you go, oh, I'd want to cut it now, I want to cut it now. Yeah, no, now it changes, you know, the scene just goes on a little bit long. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's why it's caught on. Because it, it's not because oh wow that looks like I, that looks really good I want to drink some Bud Light now yeah great no it doesn't it just it gets it you know forced into the vernacular and um, which any brand would want I think and that's why it works I mean the fact that there are some Irish guys saying it coming out of a pub years later in Ireland and the ad air hasn't aired goes to show you it's more style of style of substance in my opinion do you
2: reckon it made it a kind of cooler brand no. No, that would be in a kind of
3: overarching brief, wouldn't they? Well, they I think kind it, of make yeah. make beer call. but that's, okay. yeah, of course. That's with twenty one being the legal age in America. You want to try and nail them around that age into any brand, so it becomes their lifelong brand. Same with tobacco. I was um, I read a story the other day, very very sweet story actually, about a boy in America who lost his father ten years ago, and without him knowing, his dad um, his dad had had cancer. Without knowing, his dad had given his sister. Ten dollars. Ten No, twenty dollar bill, I think, and an envelope to give it to him on his twenty-first birthday. So his dad could buy him a beer, buy him his first beer. And of course he got very emotional. He went to the pub and yeah, you know, used that actual twenty dollar bill to buy that beer. So his dad bought it for him. That's how important it is to get a true to get attached to a brand or get customers attached to your brand at the right age. Um, because it's an important time, you know, when you're twenty one, the first thing you want to do is go out and, and have that beer. And you probably will, through peer pressure or whatnot, you'll, you'll choose your brand then and you could stay with it for a long time. So mm. that's a prime market, isn't it? You're saying that you don't think it made Budweiser cool? I, no, I don't think it made Budweiser cool, um, that ad. It may have made it relevant to that demographic for a while, but I don't think it made it cool because then yeah. it, it goes off and does something completely different in my opinion, but I'm not in that marketplace to see what else supported to it. I suppose,
2: um, so the the WhatsApp catchphrase, I've got a list of TV shows that somehow managed to shoehorn it into Mm. a script. That phrase, not the beer, not the brand, but the phrase, has been in two episodes of The Simpsons and episodes of The Friends. It was in the pilot episode of the US version of The Office. It's been in How I Met Your Mother, and recently it cropped up in the... Netflix series The Santa Clarita Diet, which stars Drew Drew Barrymore and Timothy Olyphant. It was also in the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp. So it's entered popular culture to a certain extent, although apparently in the episode of Friends, Chandler is mocked for using the phrase.
3: Mm.
2: That's what I mean. It became very uncool, didn't it, very quickly. They sold a shitload of beer, though. Bob Scarpelli who's DDB's chief creative officer. Bearing in mind the backstory, they basically ripped off a movie, turned it into an ad. Mm -hmm. Bob Scarpelli took every bit of credit that they possibly could for doing this and claimed to have pioneered the concept of virality. Mm -hmm. They called it talk value, but really it's taking stuff viral. DDB were calling it talk value. And they claimed to have invented it to the extent that they trademarked the phrase talk value. DDB is saying that they invented the idea of viral and that this ad was the first viral ad. And have we heard the phrase talk
3: value used again? And any, uh, nope, since I, I haven't. That we need to report? You? I know. So what was it, it was stopping the agencies, but you know, pretty much well known for creating new ideas, using another agency's <laughs> uh, phrase in a pitch document or such <laughs> no, like? That's I, I, I'm going to um, trademark about speak value, voice value. And we're, specific, we're specifically using it in the context of this ad mm.
2: that we ripped off from mm. a film. Yeah, exactly. And then got the director of the film to direct the ad for
3: us. I'd say it was, uh, with that DDB. Yeah. Is that the first ad you've ever seen that had an all-black cast? Um, no, that was that New Zealand one for the rugby Um, <laughs> no, I, oh, don't know, probably, yeah I, I didn't think about it, to be honest,
2: maybe Bit of talk on the internet about how the, that was Or it's perceived to be that one of the first ads That had an all-black cast mm. But wasn't pitching a product at a specific demographic Yeah, possibly Apparently, Charlie, our boy Charlie, the director Offered the client the opportunity to have a multicultural cast mm. And he also offered the client the opportunity to change the word true to right. So true apparently is a um, an Afro-American kind of slang term, is it? And so Charles offered Budweiser the opportunity to have a multicultural cast and to change the word true to right. And the client, God bless him, said, no, we bought your idea. We want you to... Carry out your idea as originally conceived. Plus the fact we've researched
3: both, and True has worked out a lot better, so, yeah. But All right, give me some um, give me some scores on the doors. Okay, branding? For me, very low, I'm afraid, because of the, the point we said before. You could slot in any product in their hand. They are, you know, true, true. advertising mannequins. i would give it a two. True. What's next, creative? Uh,
2: so, <laughs> well, you, so you don't think that uh, after, um, what is it, 1999, 21 years later, if somebody
3: came to you and said, we're up... You wouldn't associate that with the brand? I would associate it immediate with that ad. How many people could recall the brand from that ad? I'm not sure. Right. Really? I really don't. I feel like we need to get like some kind of research thing happening here. Whatever you give a score you don't agree with, we certainly have to get researched in a true sense. <laughs> in a true advertising sense. Well, right, I take your point. I am listening, but you know I think we definitely need to research sorry, on that. Sorry, I went off suit on you there. Yeah, okay. Uh, two, you get gave it a two. Uh, casting. Uh, oh, well, it's got to be. Well, it's his friends. I like the story that they tested, you know, 80 different people. He ended up using his friends. I think that's got to be a 4.9 because you couldn't imagine it being anyone else, could you? Craft. As a director, is there a lot of craft in that ad? There is. Like, is it, yeah, the um the fact that the, was there was a keeps hanging until the point where you just, just want it to cut off and it goes that a few friends. So I think that's been very well sort of put together. It's always hard to direct your friends as well. You know, there's one thing in a short film when there's no real pressure, but another when you're doing it for a brand and, and your friends perform well. So, I think directing and, and handling those, that was good. That's got to be a 4.6. Now we'll just have to wait the five minutes for you to add those up.
2: Creativity. Oh, the creativity. creativity. How creative oh, is
3: that that's ad? that's very good. I think that's a 4.92. i was in 4.9 also. <laughs> very good. Okay. I know, it's just branding lets it down because it could be anything. So, you know, generally, ask um, the man on the street. Hello. You know, and what, what that ad was for. Oh, what's up? I love that. And um, what's that? But I don't know. What's it meant to do? You know, Possibly. Oh, don't do that.
2: I can't concentrate. Oh, sorry. I can't add them up. Okay, add them up then. (laughs) Meanwhile. That's coming to 16.4. That feels wrong. I don't think that's right.
3: See, again, he's just not happy with the results. uh, No, that's right. 16.4. See, sometimes you can't refute the numbers, my friend. 16.4 points. That feels a bit low for me. Well, look, the thing that let it down is branding. And I'm sorry, but if... It's a, you know, we're, we're looking at these with hindsight, of course, if it is an ad, which is a film, which has been taken and, and appropriated by just literally, literally, they've got a bottle in the hand. And I know he says, hey, what's that you say? Nothing, just having a bird watching the game. And then he says it at the end, nothing. You could replace it with any product. There's nothing there to, to make it Budweiser, except for making it Budweiser, if that makes sense. So I'm sorry you don't like the results. Okay, cool. You're the expert. Well, no, this is, I'm an expert in my own opinion. But that's what that's what I think. I mean, I think it's great. It's a great film, but I'll be really interested. If you ask the next five people you meet what the ad was for. Okay. i will be very curious. I'll do that. Tonight. You can't like everything you do. I want to hear what uh, <laughs> can't. You can't. Just because you don't like the results, Mr. Dirty <laughs> Agency. Well, I was going to call you the name of an agency person, and I won't. Unless you black it out. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, there better be a beep <laughs> over that. Um
2: My feeling was that the recall on that, and I couldn't find any research on the recall. Uh Mm Aha. Aha. Oh, look, the fact that it was in episodes of The Simpsons and Friends and Now I Met Your Mother and the office says says something about that phrase entering the vernacular, which means that there must be some attachment between that phrase and the brand. There has to be. I got a quote from the head honcho at Budweiser. August Bosch Bush, whatever we're calling him, what are we calling him? Anheuser busch August Bush the Fourth, who's obviously the the family
3: I would say so. still
2: own the brand. Yeah, he said, "In our lifetimes, we will never see so much business value created by a single idea." Mm. Apparently, they, their beer sales went up 2.8% in 2000, which is doesn't sound very much, but I guess in the context of the size of the market, it's a, yeah, it's a hu- maybe. huge amount of beer. True.
3: <laughs> hey, do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather see, I forgot the true bit, rather everything went like there. I'm going to try and bring back. True, true. Brilliant. Let's to be beer.